Welcome to Inside Texas Football, powered by InsideTexas.com. This is Drew Kelson uh, here today with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, how you doing? Doing good. Hey, Drew, the helmet behind you, is that your actual playing helmet or do you have to get like another one? Nope. Let's see. I actually have it covering the speaker. It is my playing helmet. What year was this? Big 12 championship. Hold on. Which, which year was this? Five. Yeah, 05. Well, yep. DCS. Yeah, so this is my playing helmet. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. I have my Rose Bowl jersey in this closet over here. But, yeah. That's it. I have my ring in the other room somewhere. Uh, I have it covering a speaker. <laughs> I can't move. But, yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's actually the helmet I played in the Rose Bowl. I don't think I really... Realize which one that was. But yeah, wow. dude. Um, championships. Championships, championships, championships. Uh, really cool, man, matchup that we have coming up uh, with Washington uh, this week. Uh, it's kind of exciting for us because we do have some familiarity after last season's bowl game, but also um, just we've spent how many days now waiting for this game to start? So I know we have some initial first impressions, and I know today we'll be talking about Washington's offense um, and how they match up against the Texas defense. Uh, just what are your high-level uh, impressions so far uh, before we really break it down? You know, just before the show when we were talking through the different points we want to get on, I was just reminded it's kind of how scary this team is. Um, like a the week before the game, the the – playoff field was set I was like man I don't I don't really wouldn't want Texas to play this team (laughs) like every team in the field has got their own challenges but there's just nothing quite like facing a team with like a veteran quarterback that knows all the tricks throwing the ball up for grabs to NFL receivers Um, there's only like there's only so many things you can do about it and like you That's can, right. and it's the kind of team you can like bottle them up for a qu- two quarters, a quarter, three quarters, and then all of a sudden they hit something, they get going, your pass rushers get tired, and all of a sudden the quarterback's got your game plan figured out. Maybe your top corner's running in molasses. Uh, there's no pressure. He knows exactly what to do, and things just unravel. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I feel a lot better watching their defense. But <laughs> you you, you have the same impressions I have. Uh, they that that's one thing that it's it's tough to do as a fan is first see the reality of what you're facing. Uh, we're always looking for edges, but when I was looking back at this, it was just first things first. I mean, th- this team it's the same core guys who were here last year. I mean, we played against Penix. We played against McMillan. We played against these same guys back in the bowl game last year. Um, so to a certain extent, I appreciate the fact that they they have experience and they have talent and they have chemistry. They've all worked together. But they've also, in addition to that, they've had 30-plus days to prepare. The best part about that for us is that we've also had 30-plus days to prepare. Uh, but Kind of to echo what you just said, make no mistake, Michael Penix is a dog. And I don't mean that from a talent and execution standpoint. 
Um, I appreciate his mentality. I've seen him be calm when things are out of whack and when there's a storm around him. I've seen him not care. Um, that's huge for me. There's there's some there's some vy when it comes to how confident and calm a player can be in key moments when everyone else watching is just worried. I mean, Michael Penix is that dude. But addition to that, when I compare to VY, there's enough reps, there's enough passes, there's enough plays. We've seen him play enough football to where we just expect him to perform. Um, and so I expect him to 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 perform to a certain extent, for sure, against our defense. Uh, and he has some dogs around him. Uh, Odunze is a 6'3 guy out of Vegas. Uh, you have Jalen McMillan, who, you know, out of Fresno, California, we know guys out of Fresno. Uh, he's a baller, uh, made, made some key plays against us last year. Then Jalen Polk is from Lufkin. Uh, so th there's some, there's some, I mean, another big body receiver. We have to play some of these guys. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a matchup. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I don't want to, this, I don't want to lose this part, but Dylan Johnson, their running back is key to what they do. The way that they do it, I don't think is going to be as much of a stress to us, but He's a hard running back. We're, we're going to have to respect it. Um, they have talent. They have dogs. They have players. They have an experience line, except for one little spike place. But kind of speaking of players, I know you wrote uh, an article in InsideSexes.com. Before we get into that, let me ask you something real quick. What's up? With VY, how much of a difference did it make in the fourth quarter against USC that he'd already had to make good in Columbus? earlier in the year, you think? The only reason why I don't think it makes a difference is because whether we were playing in Columbus, whether we were playing in Columbia, Missouri, VY was the same VY. The stage okay. never really mattered um, and our confidence never wavered. So it, it's it, the, the setting itself. And I think from a fan perspective, you're like, man, they're on the road against Ohio State, they're on the road against Bama. They're on the they're playing against these guys. You have no doubt in your mind that you have the scheme and the players and the talent to beat that team. Uh, so you just the stage itself shrinks. The, the crowd, I don't notice the crowd. You don't notice anything that's going on outside of the 22 guys on the field in most games. And so VY was just one of those guys. He just he transcended the stage in and of itself. It was never too much for him. So um, but yeah, I, I know we'll, we'll see how we are this week because neither team has been on this stage. Um, and, and I know they, they have some really great players. And I know you wrote an article on InsideTexas.com about Odunze. Yeah. Uh, Rome Odunze, great player. Um, <clears throat> it seems like it's been a favorite target for uh, Penix all this season. Uh, what, what, were, what were your general thoughts and breakdown on how you think Texas – how he can be stopped and how do you think Texas what Texas already has built into the defense to stop him or to slow someone like him down? I think he's a guy that you need to bracket a lot, you know, not necessarily every play, but frequently and especially from alignments where you know that he's like the guy they want to go to. Um, even though it can cost you somewhere else, we'll get into that. The guy the guy was just unbelievably consistent this year. 
Like he didn't have a lot of games. Like, like sometimes like a guy of his caliber will have, he'll have a game where it's like 15 catches for 200 yards or something wild. Right. And then another game where maybe he doesn't do as much. It wasn't really like that with the Dunze. It's like every single game, five to 10 catches, 80 to 120 yards, usually North of a hundred, a touchdown, two touchdowns. Um, just a go-to guy. And in a lot of different ways, they'd hit him on their, you know, they'd throw fades to him. He'd just go mm-hmm. up and get the ball in the air. He's really hard to stop from mm-hmm. doing that. They'd hit him on deep crossers. They'd get him the ball on screens and slants underneath. Um, there wasn't like, you know, he's like a deep threat receiver, but he's not a guy where it's like, he's either going to take the top off or he's not. Right. And that's, they it, they will get him the ball different ways to let him impact a game. And um, last year, Texas really, really held him down well. It was like five catches for 40 yards, something something very uh, non-lethal. And it made a big difference in that game. And that's why Texas had a chance last year. Uh, I think you got to try to mimic that to the extent you can, and you can't let him kill you. <laughs> As far as how, I yeah. like I like I, I like bracket. I like having a safety on his inside that's mm-hmm. primarily concerned with like this guy's not going to get. It's uh, not going to get by me on a deep crosser. He's not going to get behind me on a post. I'm going to stay in his front pocket with corner. They they've Texas has played that coverage. They played that coverage on him last year. They've played that coverage some in other games, and that'd be my. That'd be my preference. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think generally speaking, he, he is the player that they go to. Uh, he, he has been the player that they go to. I think what what <clears throat> concern what concerns me is that I really think Jalen McMillan and Jalen Polk are also really good receivers. Um, that they're fine pivoting to if you bracket Odunze. Um, I'm not saying we shouldn't bracket Odunze. I just think exclusively doing so, I don't think it'll deter them. He's been bracketed all season. It doesn't stop them from going to him and getting him in matchups where, you know, he's catching a catch over his outside shoulder. So a bracket player isn't really helping at all. They'll throw it to him regardless, um, even on the outside shoulder, outside the hashes. So it doesn't really make a difference to bracket him. Because, I mean, they, they've seen bracketed coverage before. They know how to play against it. They know how to pivot away from it. The one thing I do like about bracket coverage, if it can if it can serve us well, is if they do see bracket coverage, it shortens the list of options he may have in his route tree. So, whereas without showing bracket coverage, he, you know, he has deep crossers. He has posts. He has corners. He has, he has streaks. He has, he has options to do everything. Um, when there is bracket coverage on, or the illusion of bracket coverage, anything that helps them discourage the posts, those long, deep dragging routes, um, but allows the corner to anticipate, I know we're showing bracket, so I can play this in a way where I have the sideline as protection, play for the fade, play for the under routes, stay on top. It allows you to kind of shrink the number of options that he has to run and allows your corner to probably be more aggressive on alternative routes that aren't a post or that aren't um, just some of the routes that that can um, that, that you can take advantage of. So 
Um, yeah, th th that's, I think that's the key thing. It's you want a bracket, but you want to take advantage of it in a way where you're ready to both defend those other guys on the other side. Um, but, but you're, you're also being able to pay tighter coverage by your corner because you know, he has help. So one of the scary, the scary things when you do that is when they play three receivers on the other side and then they have a on the solo side. Yeah. Make but a the opposite, I think we talked about one in particular that uh, that Homer was asking you about, where it's like they got like a tight end flexed opposite of Dunze. They got Polk out there, and then they put McMillan inside at like number three, where he's matched up against like a linebacker, mm -hmm. and then maybe a safety over the top, and then they have him run deep with the other two guys staying shallow. And then he'll read the deep safety's leverage and run like what a post or a corner based on where the safety is. That so that, that that's probably what, what concerns me the most. I mean, it, we try to do this with our offense. I expect them to do the same is get your talented wide receivers matched up in coverage, in space, on safeties. Doesn't matter who the safety is at any team, you always want to get your talented wide receivers matched up on safeties in space. So if you have a guy that's lined up on the inside, whether it be the slot or he's lined up as a number three receiver, uh, if he's inside the hashes or on the hashes, he can go anywhere he wants on the field. Um, as a corner, I mean, as a safety playing those types of routes, if, if a receiver is going to have an option for a post or a corner in these sets, I guess what, what I lean towards is defending the post because the post can go to the house. Uh, whether he runs a skinny or he flattens it out, if you're dragging across the field and you have a chance to pull away from a safety, it's unless you have help on the backside, a corner that's that's playing off or playing in cover three in some way, uh, you just you won't you want to discourage the post in those dragging routes or at least be in position to play those well to have good coverage on them. If I had to concede anything, it would be the corner. Uh, why? It's so you protect the post and hope that you anticipate the corner route uh, because the, usually the corner route requires great timing. It, it requires a great throw. Um, and usually you have the sideline as help. And if you disrupt timing, that sideline throw to the corner may be a second late. Um, it may be maybe out of bounds, but at the end of the day, you usually can live to fight another day. A corner route usually doesn't and isn't supposed to beat you to go to the end zone. So uh, if, but you definitely want to discourage those post routes. So now the one thing off of that, that, that concerns or that can concern is if they just opt to not do run a corner or a post off of this route, he's streaking down the field, McMillan's streaking down the field and the safety he's thinking, okay, one or the other. And he just gives him a head nod in head nod out. Doesn't matter which way. And he just continues to go up the field straight. Uh, Cause anytime you can get a safety flat on his feet, guessing, Stagnant. I mean, most receivers can beat them, but these receivers can definitely beat them. So that'll be one of the matchups that 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 I'm looking for. But also, when you have this much time to prepare for a game, I guys should know exactly how they intend to <clears> attack <throat> in those formations. You should spot McMillan and kind of know what they're setting up. You know, I, I've had plays where, I mean, hey, in the Rose Bowl, this this play right here, people are like, hey, you did such a great job. You know, you ran with Reggie Bush and you know all this other stuff also knew what Reggie was running. Uh, he motioned across to the, to, to the boundary side. He knew it was going to be matched up on a weak side linebacker. 
why wouldn't you take that matchup? Me merely knowing that that was coming put me in position to be in position to make that play. I'm hoping that after time or over the time of this bowl prep, they know all of the compromising positions that this that this offense will try to put them in. Uh, they anticipate that this is one of the places that they're going to get stressed. And hopefully they'll be prepared for it. And maybe they'll actually get a pick because they're prepared as opposed to dropping one. But <laughs> You know, there was a uh, – not to be on too much of a tangent here, but uh, when Texas played Baylor with RG3 in 2011, mm. Baylor had this play that they ran like first or second play of every single freaking game where they'd like – RG would fake a power read like it's either a sweep or he'd keep it on power. Mm -hmm. He'd like step forward like he was going to run quarterback power, and then he'd drop back and they'd have Kendall Wright running a kind of a route like we're talking about over the, up the middle. Yeah. And then just bombs away to Kendall Wright. Yeah. And apparently Manny Diaz in the Texas defense all week was like, okay, whatever we do, we're going to stop this play when they run it on like the first or second play of the game. This is what they do. This is what it looks like. We're going to stop it. <laughs> so they, <clears throat> they're lined up. RG3 does it. They have pressure. He drifts back. He drifts back a little extra and then just chucks it. And then with all that extra time, Kendall Wright runs by a safety. Touchdown, Baylor. Iceman, Iceman highlights. Sometimes guys will just they'll just do it anyway, even when you know it's coming. You, you can't. It's tough to beat a guy who <clears> – <throat> RG3 is kind of reminding me of what Lamar, Lamar Jackson's doing right now. Um, yes, an athlete. Yes, can run for yards. But when you can run or use your athleticism to just get away from defensive linemen long enough to to for your receivers to get open, that's scary. And and really, that's what Michael Penix does well. Um, he, he's not going to beat you running, but sometimes he just buys enough time just to give his receiver enough time to drag across the field, and he just launches it. And you're like, where is he throwing it? Yep. It's like he knew his guy was going to be there. He's throwing to spots, and just if he runs out of time in the pocket to do so, he'll just leave the pocket. His guys are still going to the same spots. He just buys enough time to get the ball out to those spots. So he did that, that is one thing I expect this week um, that, that we're going to have to contain um, is him using his legs in the pocket to just buy time to throw downfield. He did that. <clears throat> I, um, I gift up a play this week that I used in an article where uh, Pennix got out of the pocket, just kind of drifted to the sideline and then just launched this bomb. And uh, Cook probably got away with DPI uh, breaking it up where, mm -hmm. you know, they have the initial concept covered up. They even got pressure, which was not very common uh, in that game. And then he just gets out, throws down the field to a spot to where he knows his guy's going to be running to. And they were just, yeah. you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, so there is, there is, there is one way to, to sort of short circuit a lot of that. Um, now there are some risks here, but interior pressure is generally how you shut down a quarter. Like the best way to shut down a quarterback is interior mm -hmm. Penix has tricks for overcoming that. We'll talk about. But, uh, you know, Texas, they could bracket Adunze. They could play off zone to the other side of the field to where, like, the corner can help if he runs a 
if the McMillan runs outside, the corner can kind of drift off and help on that. See if he can pick mm-hmm. that off. Um, they can just kind of try to play soft and, and, and make him earn it down the field, but they can also just get in his face before yeah. completions. Um, the, the, the thing that a lot of us have latched onto into this game is the fact that Texas has got the Outland trophy winner, Tavondre sweat. They have a nose tackle on Byron Murphy who had five sacks this year and was up in people's business all year. And Washington has a center who's listed at 6'1", 275, and is a redshirt freshman. And I think just everybody sees that, and, you know, like dollar sign eyes, right? I'll say this. I'll say this. There is – the one thing that I knew would travel for us because uh, it's traveled every game this season is is that interior D line. <clears throat> um, there's no situation where a six what six one six one two, or six two six two two seventy redshirt freshman or freshman. I mean, I'm not saying he's a talented. I'm not saying he's skilled. I'm not saying he doesn't have great feet. Actually, he 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 is a solid <laughs> center. He's just undersized. Um, no one with that build has has slowed down or stopped these the our, our guys and so one one thing that i know will travel and feel confident with is is if you have byron murphy over the nose and continue to have sweat as a three tech that's just a long game and so that's kind of what i appreciate about what our guys do bring is that yes is every player are we going to be disrupting and be in the backfield and dominate this kid no that's not how the game works uh just there are certain plays where our interior D line won't matter. But when it comes to when they can make plays, uh, we're going to win on the interior D line. We are. We're going to get some wins. How effective can we get them? Can we get Penix office spots? Can we disrupt timing? Uh, can we contain uh, with our edges? Uh, with t- and so th- those, so containing with the edges, uh, just in general, when you've seen the type of pressure we've generated up the middle this year. How, how have you felt about, have we been able to contain pressure? Have we been able to, do you think we have <clears throat> the scheme? Have we, have we shown that we're able to not just generate pressure up the middle, but also contain for something that, that, that Penix likes to do as, as, as far as buying time to get out of the pocket? I, I think my impression without having done like an, an intense study on this, has been that when Texas wants to like force a quarterback one way, they can be pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to playing like disciplined on the edges and not getting too far upfield and keeping the quarterback in front of them, uh, that was that was an issue in a lot of games this year, and it hasn't really. It's not. It's not been a factor in a while. Right. So it's hard to know <clears throat> where they're at with it. Like um, we anticipated that would be a deal with uh, Donovan Smith and it wasn't, but that's because they kept giving up the easiest crossers and slants. And so he just spit the ball out real quick. I'm glad we got that figured out. Uh, Dylan Gabriel gave Texas fits scrambling up Um. Jalen Milrow was kind of a mixed bag. 
he's also sort of a different animal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you would like to think that with a month to prepare, because because we we talked about this pre-show, like Penix, he's so good at you do get inside pressure, great, okay. He drifts to one sideline or the other, and then he can, and then they're just awesome at like deep scramble drill mm-hmm. as receivers. So he's just throwing the ball down the field to a spot and then his guys are going to go up and get it because they're all big, awesome uh, ball winners. So you have to, you absolutely have to, it seems like Texas could scheme a dozen ways to get him inside with like, you know, Murphy over the center, maybe put sweat over the center, slant sweat inside, or just let sweat work against these guards blitz Jalen Ford or Anthony Hill inside. Uh, run him up the a gap. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of ways they could get at to to flush him, and then but then it still comes down to those edges, uh, being in position to to maximize and keep Penix from being able to just reset somewhere off center to get the ball off anyway. And yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> it's got to be the focus, right? Well, and I've. I'm big on how many how many wasted plays, how many dead plays, dead ball plays can we create? How many plays can we create where there's an incomplete pass? Um, they're not getting any yards, not even negative yards, but just they're not getting any yards. And so I think the benefit of having this many days to prepare is that you your players should be in position to make all the plays that they need to make. If Washington can complete passes, be under pressure or, or, you know, make those throws, make all of those catches and our players are in position to make the plays and just aren't making them hats off to them. Um, But one of the things nobody's really talking about much, and I know they leaned on a little bit later in in the season. So it seems it is their run game Um, is, is Dylan Johnson. Everyone talks about Penix. Everyone talks about uh, what he brings to the table, but Dylan Johnson He's averaging five and a half yards a game uh, per carry. Um, he's getting, I mean, even in some of the big games, he's getting over 20 carries, but, you know, he's averaging 15, 15 16 plus carries uh, per game. And he's, he's, he's doing it, doing well with it. I know they typically like to get him in space and on edges, which I'm not as concerned about, but do you think, do you anticipate, would you expect them? I mean, this is a confident team. This is a confident team you've studied. Um, I expect them to do what they do and do what they've done. I don't expect them to come out and do something or throw in new wrinkles. Um, how much Dylan Johnson impact art do you anticipate coming into this? Cause he's a talented back. It's just a matter of, can they get him in position to win one-on-ones in space with our guys and, and get them covered up? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't, I mean, I think they need to run the ball some to keep Texas yeah. on. But uh, <clears throat> even if they're getting a light box, if I'm them, I would much rather scheme up a lot of quick game than try to run him more than like 10 to 12 times. Because I just I can't imagine that that's going to go very well for them, you know? <laughs> So I'm, I'm with you in the way that they use the run game. I can't imagine that either. Um, I know they have the screen game that they lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I mean, if there's one weakness in their screen game, it's it's usually schemed up well, and they have athletic offensive linemen who can get out there and get blocks. But I don't think their receivers are the best blockers mm-hmm. um, in, in those games. So I feel good about us being able to play that. Uh, but also because we run a ton of screen in so many different variations and ways. And the way to beat screen is getting off blocks and, and rallying to the ball regardless of, of who's running it. And I, I think our guys have at least done a good enough job to do that. So, You know who's good at it? Um, Anthony Hill. Because, uh, I mean, when he just gets into like C-ball, hit-ball mode, yeah, he's fast, he's relentless, and he's always just so violent. He's rarely stuck on blocks either. Linemen yeah. can rarely get their hands on him. He may not take the right angle, but or the, the right leverage in certain ways, but he's going to work his way around and through. And sometimes it's just because he he can read and, and respond so fast, he just takes the path of least resistance. And they may not be the, the, the right path, but I think in the screen game, he's the exact kind of guy you want uh, because he can cover a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah. And Jade... Joe DeBaron, too, is a really high IQ player, maybe the highest IQ player on the defense. And he's also really good at sniffing out that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> that's actually, I feel like if there's one spot where Washington is just really dangerous in general that we haven't quite talked about, it's just them as a high IQ team. Mm-hmm. Like their line are all fifth or sixth year guys. I think, I think they're mostly all fifth year guys um, except for the little center. Uh, Pen X is a sixth year player. Um, their receivers are all upperclassmen. Dylan Johnson played for years in the sec before he came. He's a really good blitz pickup guy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just a scary thing in a playoff game reach team. It's like, how much can you make of a month of prep and and how ready are you to make the winning plays at the right time? Um, just having a team that's very experienced and smart is kind of scary there. Yeah. But Texas has guys like that too. So it's not like um, I, I, that's something that I, I feel like it's probably been underappreciated about Texas this year too, is that uh, sweat and Murphy have been a lot smarter this year. Uh, Jalen Ford is a high IQ player. Jade mm-hmm. Barron is a high IQ player. Obviously, Jaron Thompson and Michael Taff are on it. That's that's part of the reason they play as much as they do. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this whole like the who's going to make the smart the smart decisions? Like, how do you think that can go in this game? Um, I, I, honestly, this is how I felt about. <clears throat> this the makeup of this game right it's it's you have Washington who has had the same coach and offense and players and talent they've had guys move in and out of rotation some guys with injuries this year uh, but at the end of the day they're the same team structure as last year yes stronger faster more talented but I think we know what we're getting um, so I can see, whereas I think our team, we're deeply into every nuance, right, of what has made this team work. And it hasn't been any single thing. It hasn't been, um, and, and more speaking from an offensive side of things, 
it hasn't been, you know, just Quinn in every game. I mean, we, we've had two games without Quinn. We've, we've had a strong running game with multiple backs. We've had stretches of this season where JT Sanders can't be stopped. We've had stretches where we haven't had to lean on him as much. We've had stretches where people have really tried to focus on shutting down Xavier Worthy and, 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 and Adonai Mitchell was just killing it. Uh, we've rolled out and had some games where Whittington is featured and we're getting him open. So when it comes to who can play the best mental game, I think we know going into this game, we have so many different options from an offensive standpoint and we'll have so many different things schemed up. Um, if something's not working, I feel confident we'll stay mentally dialed into pivoting it for, for away from it. Um, Washington, while I expect them to come out and execute smoothly, uh, regardless, if we are able to put them into a compromising position, I don't know what they pivot to. Um, yeah. What they do is what they do. And so yeah. I'm not telling you in any sense that we're going to shut them down and stop them and they're going to have less than 300 yards of offense. I'm not saying that in the least bit. What I am saying is if our offense is clicking and they are trying to figure some things out or find their edges or be patient driving the ball against us and scoring touchdowns instead of field goals, um, I'd like to see us put them in a position where they could get frustrated, could get impatient, um, and I'd like to put the, the pressure on them. Um, and I think our offense has the ability to put some pressure on them. Um, what I do find, though, is that everyone talks – what's interesting about their passing game, and I appreciate it, and hopefully – you know, you said earlier this is a team that scared you the most. But while this team has scared me the most, this is also the team I'm happy we had, you know, multiple weeks to prepare for. Yeah. yeah. Um, Washington will – don't want to play them on the short week, on the week. Right. You definitely don't want to play them on the short week. But yeah. this, yeah, this is just one of those games and one of those yeah. matchups where I, I they don't do, I mean, yes, they have RPO in their system, but that's not what they're doing. Uh, they're, they're not putting us in conflict in the ways that I think some of the Big 12 offenses, they thrive on putting you in conflict. They thrive on putting your ends in conflict, your linebackers in conflict. Um, so, We'll see. We'll, we'll see how, how all of that, that goes. Um, your general take, I'm not asking for a prediction here, but, but as we kind of, you know, we've talked through this, where are you leaning on, on, on just is Texas going to be on the plus side of this from a defensive standpoint uh, in the best case scenario, or do you think Washington just, you know what, that they're going to have their way, but we're going to outscore them. Where, where are you leaning on this as we go into this? I think, <clears throat> the way this goes is uh, they do have they not to really contradict you, but they do have like one pivot point in this game. Okay, I want to hear it. Just, just to speed up, just to go fast and see if you can wear out three hundred sixty-two pound sweat. Yeah, up the variance, up the number of possessions, and see if you can like pull it away in a shootout. Yeah, I think that that will eventually happen in this game toward yeah as it as it builds where where they will just get to a point where they're like we the only way we're going to get in this game is to up the variance and start jacking threes so to speak right and and to up the tempo um if they can stop texas's early script and and texas has to come back in this game then that won't happen right uh, but but I, I don't think that I don't think that's going to be the case. 
So, uh, and I think when they go up tempo, they will have success against the Texas defense. I think they will, by hook or by crook, they will get points on the board in this game. Um, the problem is, is that uh, if they do that, it just leaves their defense out to dry. Yeah. And Sark will know to, you know, sit on their defense and, and put points up. So I think it'll be a game where you could look back and be like, man, they really caught Texas's defense here and they really caught Texas's defense here, but Texas made the place to win the game. Kind of like the Houston game. Yeah. I think it could be kind of like that. Uh, after we always game. feel like we're in control offensively, but we, we just go through <laughs> some, some blunders on defense that make it a little closer. Or TCU too. Well, and, and we're not comparing TCU and U of H to that's the thing, Washington, right? but the way the games unfolded. When it happened against those teams, everyone was like, this is some BS. Yeah. Defense screwed up. After this game, you won't feel that way. It'll just focus yeah. on like, man, Jade Barron broke up the pass on fourth and two. And yeah, we got it. Yeah. Because um, it's because the because I, I think the quality of the opponent will – garner a lot more respect than than against you know houston or tcu yeah 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 i'm i'm, I'm with you there and and so yeah you're right the hurry up did i mean really against ou i think the hurry up combined with a quarterback that runs <clears throat> so they always have numbers if you have a quarterback that's mobile and you're running hurry up um you can always find numbers whether that be passing game whether that be you're running the quarterback you're looking at who's in the box and you're making decisions at the end of the day, I do think this game for Washington comes down to players more than actual plays from an offensive perspective. And I feel confident with our defensive line. I don't want to put you to sleep here, Ian. Uh, I'm almost done. I, uh, now I'm messing with you. I'm still fighting this cold, man. <laughs> uh, I, I do feel I, I our, our defense – with this many weeks to prepare, will be in position to defend and be in position to make the plays. Will they make them? Will the players on Washington's team just be as great as they've been all season? Uh, make plays under pressure, uh, while covered, uh, while you know corners, while defenders are, are draped on them. We've seen them do it, so why not this week? But but I do feel as though our players will be in position to make those plays. Two. Unlike Oregon, who's been completely been the litmus test that everyone leans on for, you know, hey, Oregon is great, and you know they beat them twice. Um, they played the same Oregon team twice and beat the Oregon team the same way two times. They just they they were able to own the offense. They had control of the game from the start. We are a different squad than the last squad they saw uh, in, in the bowl game last season. And so regardless of what they are seeing on film, and this is probably more of a, from a player perspective, as a player, you're like, oh, this is Texas offense. You see them do things on film and there's a combination of you're building confidence on how you're going to execute your scheme. But you're looking at personnel. It's like, well, this personnel didn't do this to us last year. How possibly could they do it this year? And I think the combination of our players developing and getting some key guys in the portal we're just not the same squad. We're not executing the same way. And so if they're watching film, anticipating getting the same team that they saw last year, I think that does give us an edge. But I also think we're just a far better team on both sides. So uh, I'm excited about this game. Um, 
I don't have a prediction about this game, but I'm looking forward to it. And so just want to remind everyone uh, to please like and subscribe uh, to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Uh, it's powered by InsideTexas.com. Please go check us out on InsideTexas.com. Um, Ian, this was fun. Uh, we have a few more days left. I'm sure every take that has been spoken is out there in the universe, and now we just got to wait on the guys to play. So um, looking forward to it, dude. Yep. Stay out of OU bars. Yeah, yeah. I made a big mistake. That was an accident, but I won't be back.